Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Dale Lippin in here with none other than Trey Van Buskirk. Boy, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to be a great show. Last week was a great week. This week's going to be a good week. Man, it feels so good to be back, right? It feels so good, man. Dude, like Sir so Mixalock said, I'm long, I'm strong, and I'm down to get some friction on. Boy, I'm ready for this week, man. I'm excited. What's up, man? How are you? Dude, what are you drinking over there? I'm drinking a... Uh, local beer uh, out of a company or out of a brewery in Georgia called Wild Leap Brewing Company. It's a local gold blonde ale. This is my new favorite beer tray. It's my new favorite. Oh, that's a, that's a hardcore stamp there. I uh, I'm going classy. I'm going pickies up. I'm going wine, dude. Is that a Cabernet? What is that? That's a red blend. It's it a red a blend. Five dollar bottle. It's little good. sangria. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So, dude, last weekend. Um, was a pretty much a big controversial, you know, we had a controversial main event. Uh, we had some controversial decisions. Judging yet again uh, was pretty suspect. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always terrible, right, when you don't know what to expect. Wouldn't you agree? Or does it make it more exciting? I think I, I want to know what to expect, especially <laughs> when I'm ordering or eating meat from the, from the grocery store. And you never know what you're going to get there. That's why you can eliminate 
any uncertainty when you order your meat from Stay Classy Meats. If you go to stayclassymeats.com, use promo code fishing, save 10% on the entire thing. You can take the guessing out of all of it and just get the most high quality thing possible delivered directly to your door. That's what I like to do. I like to literally put my allegiance for lack of a better term, into products that I know I'm getting quality. Guys, tonight I am not wearing an Allegiance shirt, but there's a reason for that. I don't have any more. I'm doing my laundry. I thought I had enough to cover all of the seven days. I don't. If you want to not be a guy just wearing a random Hawaiian shirt and you want to be rocking radical clothing like my buddy Dale here is rocking from head to toe, go to AllegianceClothing.com, type in the code PUNCH, and you're going to get 15% off site-wide. Dale. Everyone received their punchless shirts today, I, so I have heard. Where's yours? It's in the wash. It's in the you washed it as soon as you got it, dude. I'm trying to get that like cut look, hence it's, the wine. It's it's pretty cut. It's got a nice tapered fit already off the rip. So yeah. I don't know, man. It's hugging your buys, but I don't know if that's just because you work the glamour muscles or that's just the cut. Curls are strictly for the girls, so I just do curls. It's the only way to keep the wife happy. I just do curls over and over and over again. That's it. True that, dude. I work out no other muscle. That's it. No, I've never done legs because I wear jeans. Like, why am I going to do legs, bro? Why am I going to wear – why am I going to do that? Here's the thing. You live in San Diego and you wear jeans all the time? I'm not showing off these legs, bro. No way, dude. I'm just going glamour muscles until I die. It's part of living in a state like this, right? I don't live in California, obviously, but South Carolina, uh, we get to shoot fireworks all year long. Um, we barbecue whenever we want, and you can wear flip-flops at any point in time or thongs or sandals, whatever you want to call them over there on the, the left coast. You can wear them year-round, and nobody cares. They don't bat an eye. Shorts, flip-flops, barbecue, America. It's what South Carolina does. Tough, dude. Wave the flag. Where's my flag? Where's I don't. Flag? I, I'm surprised you're allowed to have that in California. You better hide that. <laughs> don't let anybody know that you have it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's touch on some things before we get into bets. Um, I want to try to kill some time too, in case our guest ends up showing up. In the event that he does, we'll just go ahead and, and transition into that. But all that to say, we had some controversy. Yet again, another judge's decision that was unanimously and universally agreed upon and being bad yeah. in the Manel Cape, um, what's it, M- Matthias Nicolau fight. Another one where the judges just got it all the way wrong. But we have beat the judges with a stick to no end on this. Let's talk about the main event. Let's talk about um, Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad. Yeah. This is something that once it happened, we've we got a ton of messages about where people wanted to know the difference, why this one was ruled a no contest, while while the Piotr Jan Aljamain Sterling fight was um, regarded as a disqualification. So, Fair question, yeah. Here's where that lands: is that one one was deemed to be with malintent, right? He threw the knee with malintent, and the other one was an accidental foul. That's the sure. biggest differentiating factor right there is that Herb Dean did not believe that it was Leon Edwards intention to go knuckle deep into Bilal's eyeball. So being an accidental foul, that's where we came with the, with the no contest. Mm. Well, uh, I have a question then. How do you decipher what's subjective and what's objective when it comes to that? Well, here's the thing is that if, when you look at like, let's say we'll rewind a little bit, right? Prior to that, we had an Eric Anders knee. Mm. Eric Anders came out probably in the best shape we've ever seen Eric Anders in, which is saying something because he's a you know national champion college football player and you usually a specimen of a man anyway. Yeah. Comes out, looks shredded, cardio, head movements on point, gets Darren Stewart in all kinds of trouble, throws one illegal knee and gets away with it. 
then throws a second one and did not get away with it. Now, regardless of how you feel about Darren Stewart regarding that, um, it, it is what it is, right? So we saw there was a calculated intention to inflict an illegal strike, the difference between a no contest and a disqualification. There have been people out there that have said John Jones should have been disqualified multiple times, especially if you look at his fight with Glover Teixeira, right? Multiple war- warnings by none other than Herb Dean himself about poking Glover in the eye, but Herb Dean is either on his game or he's all the way off. There is no in-between with him. He's never just okay. He's either the best referee or the worst referee. Yeah. This is one of those instances, right, where he just – it is one of those things where you can't you can't deny that it was a horrible eye poke, but there was no malintent. He Yes, he warned Leon Edwards, said, you know, keep your fingers in. But, again, it was, it was just – it's one time, right? It's one time. Um, I don't know what you, I don't know what you do in this regard because this is such a fixable problem, right? There are problems in the MMA community, problems in the sport that are not fixable, or there's a blurry path on how to get there. That's not the case for the gloves. The glove, the glove situation has been solved for a long time. Bellator Mm -hmm. has solved the the glove situation. Uh, Pride had the glove situation solved. You know, (laughs) go back 20 years, this glove situation was solved. Even if you look at guys like Trevor Whitman, who you and I love, him and Justin Gaethje have developed gloves that, that that it solves relatively solves this problem. It doesn't though. Okay. I say that because you're not thinking about the second part of that, which is the financing portion of it. And Dana White, as we know, as wealthy as he is, he is a miser when it comes to the business. So that licensing facet for what's coming from the Whitman camp, he's not going to double down on it. That's a good point. He doesn't want to pay anybody for it, but you know, What's scary to me about that is that at what cost, right? At a certain point with people that are penny pinchers or misers, where you hurt them the most is in their pocketbook. You keep losing main events uh, like you did on Saturday night due to eye pokes, and things will change quick, fast, and in a hurry. Um, Now, let that be a high-profile fight, right? Like Leon Edwards versus Allah Muhammad. Yes, it's a main event, but it's a fight night main event, and it was on a card that a lot of people thought was maybe mediocre at best. You look at what was just announced for UFC 261, and we've got you know the main event, Kamara Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal is another guy that likes to put his hands out a lot. Mm-hmm. Jorge Masvidal goes ahead and takes one of them little, one little Cuban missiles and goes right across Kamara Usman's eyeball, and now we don't have a main event anymore. Then what do we do, right? That's a big problem. That destroys that that destroys money. That's a, that becomes a bigger issue. Um, so eventually, whether Dana White likes it or not, whether the UFC likes it or not, they're going to have to make the requisite adjustments here. They have well, to. I, I think as atrocious as that was, I think the most atrocious thing came after the incident, and that was the mm. call out that we disregard the run back in, into totality and we go straight to a title shot for Leon Edwards. Justifiable? Where are your thoughts? So here's the thing. I understand Leon not wanting to fight Bilal Muhammad again. Bilal Muhammad was a last-second replacement. Why should you be forced to run it back with the number 12 ranked guy who was stepping in last minute? I understand you not wanting to fight him again. Now, Leon's logic in all this, right, was that people thought I should have gotten, I should be next for a title shot anyway. I shouldn't have to rematch number 12. So why don't you just give me my title shot that I should have had right from the jump? Presentation is everything, though, right? A lot of times, like with, with, with like you see, like at a restaurant with food, presentation is nine tenths of what you, you know, of the experience and not seeing you fight for two years and having your fight end in the first seven minutes with an eye poke. 
and then go, going right back to, hey, I think I should have my title shot back again. That's really tough. That's a tough sell, right? It's it's yeah. a very it's a very tough sell. I I feel for Leon, right, in that regard. But you got to know your you got to know your spots. The flip side of that is is that Bilal Muhammad um, has really overvalued himself because he stepped in short notice. Like you did step in short notice, but you're still the number 12 guy or 13 or whatever he is. Don't overvalue yourself. He's saying like, I should absolutely get a chance at this rematch. You were a short notice replacement. It wasn't actually booked as a, as a scheduled bout. And then two, he's like, Oh, we should coach the ultimate fighter together. Lowest ratings in history. If that's the case, you might as well. Nobody's watching that. Nobody's going to watch Bilal Muhammad versus Leon Edwards ultimate fighter. You're just, you're overvaluing yourself. I'm sure Bilal's a very nice guy. I'm sure he means and intends well, but don't overvalue yourself here. No, I, I think he'd do uh, good up against like the Grammys. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure he'd do very well. Uh, Sour Armored Hero makes a great point here in the chat. He said that the UFC should have done Usman versus Wonderboy and had Leon fight George. And I love that. My only pushback on that is it leaves Colby Covington in purgatory. Um, I don't necessarily know. Do we book Colby versus Gilbert then at that point? Mm. But should mm. Colby have to fight backwards, right? Like, I don't know what Colby's going to have to do to get his rematch with Usman. They still have him ranked as the number one welterweight behind the champ. I don't know what else you have to do to give that man a title shot. I understand not wanting to necessarily run that back, or Usman may not be clamoring for that fight. But Colby versus Gilbert seems like a good idea. But how do you convince Colby to fight backwards, right? He, I think he's. I think at this point he's earned that right to not fight backwards. But again, how long do you want to stay inactive? The UFC's kind of got them by the short hairs there. It's kind of like what you said. It's it's the division of the most egos. And the problem is no one's going to fight backwards oh. to make a statement. And Wonderboy um, is that statement that people want to fight, but he's that awkward style that nobody wants to fight. Should Leon Edwards dismiss the Bilal fight? I think absolutely. Who should he take? He should take Wonderboy, make a statement, show that a two-year, 600-day layoff may, means absolutely nothing, get himself back in that title picture. As much as he thinks it's justified, he needs to make a statement and to do it against someone who's stylistically the most awkward and what I believe is one of the toughest guys in that division. I think Wonderboy is the only path to him getting a shot. And that's why I said what I did is I, welterweight. Now that I think about it, like because I had time, you know, you want to be careful before you put stuff out because when you say stuff, people will dissect it, and I agree with that, and that's fine. But it took me a while, and I put that out that welterweight mm-hmm. is my least favorite men's division right now. Yeah. And it's primarily because of exactly what you just said. Nobody's willing to fight each other, but everybody believes that they deserve a bigger fight. So here's the thing, right? You have this you have this situation where nobody in the top five has fought each other outside of Kamara Usman. Kamara Usman has, is willing to fight everybody in the top five. But in the top five themselves, nobody's ever fought each other. Wonderboy fought Jorge Masvidal, but that was four and a half, almost five years ago. Mm-hmm. That's a non-point at, the, at, at this current juncture. So mm-hmm. you have a whole top 10, if you will, that are unwilling to fight each other, but everybody wants the bigger fight. It, it, the whole division feels stalemated and deadlocked. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it's not my favorite, man. It's not my favorite at all. So all that to say this, I think that what they're doing right now with the Usman versus Masvidal, it's as good a fight as any. It doesn't make any sense, but the whole division doesn't make sense. So, <laughs> I, I mean, what are you going to do? Do I do I agree with the matchmaking? No, but what are you going to do? You're going to enjoy it. And here's the thing. We're going to make a ton of money because we're going to take Usman and we're going to take the over, and he's going to maul Jorge Masvidal for 25 minutes. It's not yeah. going to be competitive at all. 
And coincidentally enough, UFC 261 will be the episode where your boy is on the Anakin Florian podcast. And I'm going to say the same thing there. I'm going to say this. Jorge Masvidal, overrated. Kamar Usman, maul him to death. Point number three is going to be non-competitive. I'm going to say all three of those things. And I, I'm listen, I, it's not going to be. You can't convince me it's going to be. No, I, I would love you to throw in there also like something to just get gnarly. Just like, and he's a bitch. <laughs> That'll go over well. They'll be like <laughs> immediately disconnect the feed. All right. So let's start breaking down some fights, man. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's all do right, it. Let's cool. go back so, to ABCs here. All right. Yeah, we'll get back. to Dude, let's, you know, just do what got you to the big show, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So first fight on the main card, Cheyenne buys uh, five and one, taking on Montserrat Ruiz at nine and one. Boy, this is a Ruiz, a last second replacement here, and it shows as far as what Vegas is concerned, right? Yeah. Plus two eighty over under rounds is at two and a half. Cheyenne buys competing on this card, as you know, Trey in the prelims. Her husband JP buys is competing, trying to be the first married couple in UFC history to both notch W's on the same night. So mm. will history be made on yeah. Saturday night? Well, I want to say no, but I also want to say yes, because this is you're going back to the whole Montana De La Rosa fights and stuff like that, where you have significant others fighting. Um, we talked about this on, on the last couple episodes. I don't even like when fighters fight back-to-back weeks that have significant others in, in events. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Um, I will say for this, though, there's a reason that uh, Cheyenne Baez is put in this position. They want to make something of her. She's a good-looking gal. Um, she's fighting someone coming over from Invicta who really just has not a spotty record. She's actually, you know, a pretty significant record, but you know, coming from Invicta XFL, Mexico regional, like dude, this is up and comer. This is more of a podium or a pedestal type type fight for buys. Um, I will say I, I went back and watched a little bit of, uh, you know, Ruiz's fights. She's a girl that comes right across the cage, keeps her head dead straight, swings for the fences, mm-hmm totally vulnerable the whole time i will say with cheyenne she's someone that's going to move around she's going to be a little bit more dynamic and she's going to pick her shots it's more the calm cool collected type fighter who's going to be strategic in their shots versus someone who's going in there and hoping they're going to clip something really quickly i'm going to go with the more fight iq-esque fighter uh cheyenne buys but um you know it's a women's fight so who knows Here's the thing with this, right? And I mean this, we're, we're using this in strictly fight lingo, and it doesn't mean anything other than that. Montserrat Ruiz fights like a typical Mexican fighter. Like uh-huh. when you talk about like a like a Mexican boxer or anything like that, they head down forward. They want to get in a phone booth. They want to make it a dog fight. They want to rely on their chin. They want to make it as ugly as humanly possible. Yeah. That girl is going to charge across the cage, maybe with a little reservation because of the bright lights, but she is going to try her, her path to victory, if you will is yeah. going to be she's going to have to get in close and make Cheyenne Bayes fight an ugly fight, right? She's going to have to take a pretty girl and make her fight an ugly fight is what she's going to have to do. I just don't necessarily know if she's well-rounded enough with the type of training that Cheyenne Bayes has, the looks that she's seeing in the gym day in and day out, type of quality of competition that she's faced, and the hype behind her, as far as I'm concerned, seems to be justified at this point. I really think that she's going to have just about every advantage Outside of the grit, the blood, the guts, the the gristle, I think she has the advantage everywhere else. One of the few women's fights that I really kind of like the under here because mm. I think Ruiz is probably going to go for broke. I don't think that she thinks that she's going to have a, a a clear path to victory um, outside of trying to finish. And in doing so, 
I don't know if she's going to have the gas tank, right? We know that she's going to have the heart, but is she going to be too tough for her own good? We know that she's going to have the grit, but will that matter if Cheyenne is able to do everything else so much better, right? Um, we're looking at either a Cheyenne buys by decisions, a good play or an under two and a half is also a good play here. So minus 355 two, you know, uh, as what's, as Annick says, the prohibitive favorite, right? You can't bet on it. It's too high of a number for you looking at Cheyenne as a parlay piece, looking at her as a, as a result play. So I like Cheyenne by decision or small sprinkle on the under two and a half because women's fights under two and a half usually comes in at pretty decent odds because finishes don't happen all that often. So three different options there if you're looking at playing this fight. Well, yeah, and I think to your point, that Mexican-style fighter that's going to move forward, there's one thing that Ruiz, no one's really talking about. She's got a good ground game. So, And we'll allude to this with a fighter. I'm not going to pull the curtain back right now, but there's a fighter upcoming that has that same type of mentality that is bull rush, blitz in, and God forbid it goes on the ground, the comfortability lies there. Buys is not as sophisticated as Ruiz is on the ground. Ruiz has submissions, you know, whether that's arm bars, Americanas, all that stuff. She can do a lot from side control. Um, Ruiz has the ability on the ground and Cheyenne's more of that, you know, stick and move type, get it to decision fight. So why not sprinkle a little bit on Ruiz inside the distance? But yeah, there's a play there. Okay. Outstanding. Outstanding. All right. Next fight on the main card. We've got show you listen, you know, Max, Max is Max is our boy, Max Payne Griffin at 16 and eight taking on song. Canon, Canan, Canon. We'll go with Canon uh, at 16 and five. Here's my thing about Song. Song looks both simultaneously 25 and 65 at the same time. He's impossible to get an age on. You know, what I can find on him says he's 31 years old, but you couldn't, t- if you showed me a picture of this cat and you were like, this guy's 65 years old, guess what? I believe you. If you told me he was 15, I'd be like, you know what? I can't argue with that. I really don't know. He, he is an amoeba. But here's the thing. He also fights like an amoeba. You don't know what version of him you're going to get each time he comes out to the cage, he's a mystery to me. So Max has got a stiff test up against him on Saturday night. He's a minus 195 favorite against Song, who's at a plus 170. Over-under is at two and a half. Look, man, I I absolutely love Max Griffin. I love his blood, guts, die on a shield style fashion. There's a couple things that make me nervous about this fight for him. Minus 195 is still a pretty tasty number. Still looking at him, you know, uh, as a possible opportunity for a parlay piece, maybe, maybe isn't even a straight up money line play just to, you know, get that 50 cents on the dollar return. That's definitely something that I might be interested in, but there's some things about song that make me nervous. And one thing in particular, you mentioned, he's got a doozy of a right hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's not even one he leads with. It's this counter right that he has, and it can just lay you out. He's got power in it, but I feel like everyone's always disrespected uh, Max Griffin. The reason I say that is because a lot of it came from the weight of his two split decisions, which were extremely controversial, the one against Cowboy and then the one against Tiago Alves. Those were fights that, you know, he lost in split decision and that kind of put it this like kind of spotty, you know, red mark on his record. He's been this guy that's had this ebb and flow. He's much better than his record portrays. Um, But also he's had a roller coaster of different, techniques that he likes to utilize in the cage. He was a guy that started off with a really like wrestle heavy background and implemented that pretty significantly. And then he got into this kind of like firefights, kind of gassed himself out and got into a brawling state. I think we're starting to see Max Griffin move into irregardless of his last fight with Ramiz, uh, you know, knocking the guy's ear off. He's 
been training pretty significantly in wrestling. He's getting that base back. He's finding his pace. I think he's become a much smarter fighter in his later years or his second resurgence of who is Max Payne Griffin. Yeah, here, here's what you, you're not saying it, but go ahead and tell people why you really want to bet Max. I, I don't know. He's got what, sick hair. What camp did he switch to? <laughs> oh, Come, man, dude, you're gonna make me blush. The people deserve to know why you love All Max right. Griffin so much. Team Alpha Male, the greatest gym out there. And he switched over to Team Alpha Male. That's why you really love him so much. Here's a fun fact, though, right? If we're looking at Song, if you're looking at who he's beaten, right? Callan Potter, Derek Krantz, Hector Aldana, and Bobby Nash. Those are his victories inside the inside the octagon. Mm -hmm. I don't think that any of those guys are Max Griffin's caliber, right? His loss inside the his loan his only loss inside the octagon has come to Alex Morono. We <laughs> Max Griffin, Alex Morono. That, that's that is a you know, we had that fight, right? We saw how that went. So MMA math, which I'm not a fan of, but strength of schedule is one thing. I think Max can get this done. Fun fact about Song, though, is he actually has a loss to Israel Adesanya. Did you know that? <laughs> well, and he also has one against Brad Riddell, dude. City kickboxing. Right, right. Who's, come, who's, coming up, who's coming up in our co-main event in the evening. We'll, yeah. touch, we'll touch on that shortly. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. <laughs> That's absolutely right. All right, Gustavo Lopez taking on Adrian Yanez. Gustavo Lopo, Lopez rather is at 12 and 5. Adrian Yanez is at 12 and 3. Lopez at the plus 180, Yanez at the minus 210. Overrunner on rounds here Trey is at two and a half. Look, man, Yanez is 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 a I don't know if he's a hype train just yet. He might be a I don't know if it's a train, but he's definitely a I don't know, man. He's a choo-choo, right? Maybe, 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 maybe we're getting there. Maybe he's a railroad car. Yeah, uh, the dude is a beast. He's creative. He hits hard. He seems to have a good gas tank. He's creative. He's young. I mean, dude, he seems to be pretty much a complete package. Minus two ten still seems like a good price on him. If even if you're thinking straight money line, it seems like a decent price. I again, I'm trying to be smarter. You talked about the evolution of being smarter as you get older. If we're talking about the evolution of being smarter as you go over from a betting perspective, even betting at a minus 210, I'm seeing 20% return on investment here, man. If that was my portfolio and I'm looking for retirement, 20% returns, I love stuff like this. I love it. Why not play something decent on Adrian Yanez here? And under two and a half seems equally juicy. No, I know. And Yanez is an LFA guy or came out of it prior to that was Fury. But I, I love my LFA guys, and you know he he's earned his minus two ten spot. Every single fight he's had, it's been decisive. He's got a gnarly leg kick. Um, you know he I I think it was last fight of the white fight before head kick uh, put the guy's lights out. Everything's been decisive with him. Um, but I feel like we're we're embellishing it a little bit. Um, Gustavo Lopez comes from an extreme couture. He's got a great camp around him, and he has an amazing wrestling base. I, I think with people like Gustavo Lopez who have a, or collegiate wrestlers, you know, have a great team behind them. They're going to think about this a little bit more methodically. They're not going to get spurred by the bright lights. They're not going to get into a firefight. They're going to slow this thing down. And what does Yanis look like after round two and round three? We haven't seen him extend himself to decisions very often. We haven't seen Gustavo Lopez in the bright lights. There's a lot of vulnerabilities for me. I want to stay away from this fight, but I mean, this is a dog or pass fight for me. I think Gustavo Lopez is, is game in this if he does implement his foundation, which is grappling. 
Well, I mean, but see, here's the thing, though. So, I mean, he fought he fought Marab, which it's tough to look that's good huge. against Marab. That's that's tough. Yeah. To, that's tough to look good against Marab. But if you take his fight after that, he fought the guy who's the curtain jerker for this card, Anthony Burchak, and he just yeah. destroyed Anthony Burchak. I'm not necessarily sure. I like Anthony Burchak, like as a person, I, he seems like a very decent guy. Um, you know, black belt jujitsu, tenth planet guy. Seems he's a hell of a competitor. I just don't necessarily know if he's a UFC level talent at this point. So I can't put a lot of weight in Lopez beating him. I, I would like to, right? Um, like to say that he has the, the chops to beat anybody at that point. But there's something about Yanez here that really entices me. And the under two and a half is at a minus 160. So I really like the idea of maybe even just playing a result play here. But I like Yanez. I like I like the conservative money return idea. And I also like the under two and a half. That seems like, you know, if I can increase my bankroll by 20, 20% going into the co-main event or the main event or add something to that, um, I'm definitely looking to maybe try to add into my bankroll so that way I can go bigger or maybe possibly look into something like a live bet, um, you know, depending on, oh man, there's a couple guys, you know, coming up in these next three fights that are definitely going to be juicier because the fights are going to extend a little bit longer. So it might be worth throwing some money on live betting odds as well. But all that to say this, I like Yanez. I like him at the minus 210. I really like that that price. You're absolutely right. Lopez has the skills to get it done. I just don't know if he will. And over under and rounds of two and a half with the under two and a half coming at minus 160. Vegas is kind of leaning where they think the fight's going to go here based on the odds. The projections look like Yanez. They look like inside the distance. So inside the distance play, you'll get decent return. Under two and a half, you're getting decent return. Yanez money line, you're getting decent return. If you feel a certain certain type of way about Gustavo Lopez, go for that. Well, and I'm happy you brought up the Marab thing. I I, I failed to mention that. With Marab, he's... (laughs) That's one of the guys that I would never want to fight just because the the cardio that guy pushes and the grappling he presents, right? When you look at Yanis, who did he lose to? He lost to Miles John. Miles Johns has a great cardio tank. You know, if someone – I'm going to put the weight in Gustavo Lopez who can go the distance with a Marab who I think is twofold in regards to the cardio tank that Miles Johns is in, in association to Yanis. Mm-hmm. I just think there's a lot to be said with that loss um, that Yanis has not – been presented with okay so are you leaning lopez there i'm gonna i mean again like i said this is a dogger pass for me but i'm gonna go gustavo lopez and just sprinkle a little bit because there's no value in minus 210 um i don't like the under two and a half um because i do think that gustavo lopez is very durable he's got the cardio tank for sure the question is how could it be returned with yanis okay okay well we'll see we'll see Mm. Parody is what makes the world go around, man. So, you know, I mean, it'd be weird if we just sat here and just echo chambered each other every night. So I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to, to, to feel like you have a difference of opinion than me, man. That makes me feel good. All right. Next, next fight on the main card, Dante Mays at eight and four, taking on Ty Tuivasa at 11 and three. Boy, I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about things we're not going to get along on. So Dante Mays at plus 171. Tied to Ivasa at minus 200. I'm just going to say plus 170, minus 200. Overrunner rounds is at one and a half. Look, man, I'm not I'm not sure about Tied to Ivasa. When he first came into the UFC, I thought, this might be something. Me as a big Mark Hunt guy, I love to see – I love to see guys like Tied to Ivasa, Tyson Pedro, Sal Paleta, uh, Mark Hunt. I love those guys, man. I, I, something about them throwing them lunchboxes around and knocking people out, that makes me excited. Right. I like Tai Tuivasa a lot, but he is 
failed to live up to expectations time yeah, sure. and time again. I will say this, though. When my man won on the Khabib versus uh, Justin Gaethje card, we, uh, we we had a thing where if you do a shoe, he sent us a video, post it up. I believe, I believe we owe somebody a shirt from that. Um, I have to look up his Instagram handle. We owe somebody a shirt because of yeah. that. Um, so one of these are coming your way. I think that's uh, – I think that's Cristiano. If I can't, I'm having a hard time remembering names, but I believe yeah. you got a shirt coming your way because of the tie to Ivasa Shui that you sent us. So, that being said, here we are, another tie to Ivasa situation. If tie to Ivasa gets it done on Saturday night and you send us a video of you doing a Shui, if there's just one of you, like there was last time, there's only one, bra- one soul brave enough last time to do it, we'll send you a shirt. However, if we get more than one, we will enter you in a drawing. We'll spin the wheel, and then winner gets a shirt. So, Ty Tuivasa wins. You do a shoey. You send us a video. We entered to win a shirt. Sound good? Ah, sounds delicious. Sounds delicious. <laughs> sounds delicious. All right, Dante May is here, Trey. Big boy taking on Ty Tuivasa, big boy. Uh, Ty Tuivasa, this is now a second stint inside the octagon. Who do you think it's a it's a heavyweight fight, man? What what are we thinking here? Over on our rounds one and a half, do we just want to play inside the distance and pray for a finish? What are you thinking? Well, I know when we you know we were texting back and forth and we kind of threw out our initial plays. If we were to do money line through the main card, you were a little bit high on two of Asa. And I, I just want to hear your thoughts on it because you're dealing with a guy that's seven times bigger than that, that big dude. Um, he's gonna have a six-inch reach advantage. Tua Vasa has never really shown us anything, anything unique. He's that guy that's going to plot across the cage. He's going to throw those low leg kicks. He's going to try and catch you with an overhand right. And that's his – dude, he has the most blueprinted game plan on the planet. Dontel Mays, yeah, do I think he's a great heavyweight fighter? No. <laughs> I think his biggest vulnerability – is the ground. We saw it, you know, when he got choked out by Cyril Gom. We saw it um, with uh, Nascimento. Like, that's 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 where you don't want to be. Dante Mills does not want to be on the ground. But the problem is, Ty Tuivas is not going to bring you there. He hates the ground. That's like you in the ocean, dude. You hate the ocean so much, he hates the ground. You take him down, you're taking him into deep waters, bro. Oh, you're taking him into deep waters. I'm telling you this right now. If it's going to be a standing affair, why not go with a heavier guy who's going to clinch up against the cage, make this thing dirty, and going to have a six-inch reach advantage? Tai Tuivasa is not dynamic. He doesn't have this significant amount of like different things in his arsenal. He's very one-dimensional. I'm going to take the plus money on this, especially Ty's not at AKA for this camp. He went back to uh, Western Australia. So you know that dude's ripping shoeys. You know he's not surrounded by the best camp he can be in. He's going to have that crazy travel time. Dante Mays could get this thing done, and he could get it done pretty decisively. That guy's a big boy. It is a big boy, but he can't beat anybody that's his size. His only win inside the octagon octagon was against Rocky Martinez. Rocky Martinez is shorter than you. (laughs) He can't beat anybody his own size. Listen, it's heavyweights. You've got 265-pound guys going to the center of the octagon to play punch face, right? Anything can happen. Anything can happen in a game of high-stakes punch face. I agree, right? Plus money, if you feel that certain type of way, go ahead and get it, right? I'm not going to tell you not to go Dontale Mays. I'm just going to say this. Dontale Mays has not beaten anybody that's his size. 
He hasn't fought. He hasn't really even beat anybody that I would even qualify as UFC caliber. Even before mm. the UFC, he fought Alan Crowder, and Alan Crowder beat him. Mm. So I mean, you're just looking at if anybody that he's fought that's actually had UFC fighter, like legitimate UFC fighter, attached to their resume, he's lost to, with the exception mm. of Rocky Martinez. And you can't tell me that Rocky Martinez is a UFC level level caliber fighter. If you ballooned up to 240 pounds, Trey. You could be in the UFC heavyweight division. You could be. You go on the regional scene, get four wins by submission as a as a brown belt in jujitsu, and weigh two hundred and forty pounds. You're getting a look. You're gonna get a look. The UFC outside of fifteen fighters in the heavyweight division is shallow. It's shallow. It's not as shallow as women's featherweight, but it's pretty shallow, man. It, if you got guys that look like, uh, let's see here. Who, who fat Jake Collier, um, Rocky Martinez, Jorgen DeCastro, um, let's see here, Parker Porter. Do you want me to stop? Do you want me to stop with five foot 11 guys that weigh 265 pounds? Because I keep going. That's what I'm saying is that the, the opportunities exist there, right? But a guy like Dante Mays can beat those guys, but he's not going to beat, he's not going to beat Tai Tuivasa. He has a good chance to. Maybe he will. Maybe I'll eat my words there, but dude, um, you know, I, here's the thing, man. I, I really believe that this fight doesn't go the distance. Neither one of these guys have the cardio for it. So if I'm looking at this, I'm looking at throwing a hundred bucks on it to make 30. And I just, I'm hoping for a finish, right? And just whatever big sloppy knockout happens, I'll be excited because my hundred will then turn into 130. That's what I'm looking for here. That's the only thing that makes sense for me here. I love this this suggestion. This is something that's very important and near to near to my heart that Sean just brought up. Trey, yeah. we can get you on a mass gainer and a pasta diet. Four beers a night will be a must. I think mm. you got it. Here's the best part about this. Shout out to Greg Cohen Promotions and their, uh, the guy who's running their, the show there, Alex Cohen. Alex Cohen reached out to us and said, if you boys ever want to fight, I can get you a fight. Trey, I think you as a heavyweight. I think we can make it work, dude. YOLO. You only live once, man. I think we can do this. Can you have one more good one left in you? I definitely have one more good one in me, but the problem is I've got a, a body image issue, dude. I'm going to have to wear a rash guard. Is that going to make me look like a chick, dude, if I wear a rash guard? I can't flaunt that that belly out there, bro. I mean, I'll, I'll think everyone's watching me, dude, and I'll curl up in a ball. And they are going to watch you. You're going to fight in front of people. Of course they're going to watch you. And I don't think dudes can compete in rash guards, can they? Well, that's not that's sexist, bro. That's sexist, dude. Mm, what if right. I want to wear a rash guard? UFC's canceled. We're done here. We're go. done here. Yep. <laughs> Actually, you should be allowed to compete in women's featherweight now that I think about it. Uh, yeah. You look you look like you identify as a woman's featherweight. I got I got that that hair going, dude. <laughs> I got that I got that Macy Chase on hair going. Bro, let's talk about this for a second because you and I both need to cut the lettuce. What's going on with the hair here? What do you want to do? Do you want to cut? What are we going to do here with this? Uh well. Brief um, pause. What are we doing with the lettuce? What are we going to do? Well, I'm out of quarantine. Do you want to shave it? You want to go uh, low? Let's go low. Let's no. go summer low. Let's go. Will you skin fade? We'll go summer low. I'll bring the beard down a little bit. What do you think? No, fuck you, dude. Because you know what? You know why you just said that? You said that because you can shave off the top, but people are still going to stay focused on your on your beard, dude. For me, I'm just going to look like a like a little minion. But you could grow a better beard than me if you just grew your beard. 
I know, but I mean, what color is it going to come in? I don't know. It what if it matter. comes in red, people are going to think like my ginger or something. Like I have three kids. My beard is a is is a kaleidoscope of colors. There's some red. There's some brown. There's some black. There's gray, white, everything in between. Man, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but the problem is, I don't think mine's going to come in full and it'll look patchy, and then people yeah, will be like, well, "Oh shit, that guy is stressed out as shit." And it's like, well, yeah, dude, I have two kids. Yeah, I'm stressed out. You shaved 45 minutes before the show started, and you already have a five o'clock shadow. Your beard will not be patchy. You can do it. <laughs> See, the you worst part back in back in the early two thousands when deep V's were a thing, man. Oh man, the problem is I you. couldn't rock those. Yeah, you're so furry. The chest hair, it was like, well, are you wearing an undershirt, you know, a black undershirt under your deep V. And it's like, no, bro, that's that's my chest hair. <laughs> like, yeah. it didn't work. Yeah, it's my chest for chest <laughs> hair down on If I let it all go, dude, cousin yeah. it is right there in front of you. That's what I'm saying. Let's take it short for the summer, bro. Let's get streamlined. And just be cotton ball on the way down. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right, cool. I'm gonna make I'll, I'll call my barber. We'll we'll set an appointment. We'll make it happen. Let's do all it. Right. Coming in the evening, Gregor Gillespie, 13 and 1. Brad Riddell at 9 and 1. I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna try really hard here, Trey, to stay subjective. Um, I have I've never eaten more crow in my entire life. Oh, I've gotten I was vomity sick with humble pie mm. because of Gregor Gillespie. Yeah. Um, Kevin Lee. Yeah. So one, I'm going to, I'm going to clip it. I'm going to clip it and I'm going to make a montage and I'll put it on our Instagram this week um, <laughs> of how hard in the paint I went for Gregor Gillespie against Kevin Lee. Yeah. I said it online before the fight was even announced in every comment section of every Gregor post I could find that Gregor was going to maul Kevin Lee to the point of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> that it was not going to be competitive in the slightest, that there is nothing humanly possible. There's no power or principality on this earth or the next that Kevin Lee could summon to beat Gregor Gillespie. And what did he do? He head kicked Gregor's face off <laughs> and damn near gave Megan Olivia a heart attack. Don't do that to Megan, dude. How Don't dare do you that do that to Megan? Megan. Don't do that to Megan. It was brutal, man. It was, I've never eaten more crow. I've never choked down more humble pie in my life than Gregor Gillespie. Here he is at a minus 240 favorite against Brad Riddell at plus 205. Over and around is at two and a half. Everything in my heart says, Gregor's your boy. Go big on Gregor again. You can do this. He won't fail you twice in a row. No. Trust that northern pennsylvania wrestling background right that pennsylvania new york immigrant mentality collegiate wrestling background you trust it you lean into it you let it embrace you like the arms of a loved one and you let it hold you tight <laughs> and you bet everything you have on gregor gillespie oh. that's how i feel that's how i feel should i do this or no <laughs> dude you sound like a yankee fan I hate the Yankees. I, I, don't like, I, don't, I don't like baseball, but yeah, go ahead. I know, but you know, Yankee fans, like if the Yankees go in like a 16-game losing streak, they'll continuously bet on the turn. And that's yeah. what you're doing here. Not that he's had an extensive losing streak. He's had one loss. And what, prior to that, he was on like a 10-fight winning streak or something? 13. He won 13 in a row. 13 fights. But dude, who did he fight? 
I don't think Yancey Medeiros is that legit. Mm. I don't think that Vince Bichelle is that good. Mm. I don't think he's fought quality of competition. The problem is, while I want Gregor Gillespie to win this, this line is wacko. Dude, at minus 240, you have not deserved that. Brad Riddell is a kickboxing freaking champion. Granted, he's coming from City Kickboxing, boxing, who's had a tough go the last card. I think that Gregor Gillespie has one big issue, and that's what we've seen. He likes to get kind of drawn into these firefights. He should go back to the Khabib's type style and just grapple his way to a win, get an arm triangle like he did over Vince Bichelle. He should get in there, make it dirty, on the ground, not let Brad Riddell get up. But Brad Riddell is freakishly athletic. He's got way better stand-up, I believe. Um, and he's coming from a, what I believe is a better camp, um, you know, regardless of the last of the last card. This is a tall task for Gregor Gillespie. I don't like the minus 240 price point at all. Um, I'm going to wait for this thing to get a little bit closer, but this is a tough fight, dude. Okay. Okay. So, so don't bet everything I have on Gregor Gillespie. I mean, geez, dude. I mean, what, I'm just saying, because here's the thing is I, I zeroed out my account on him last time. So you know, here's, <laughs> here's where we are. Ah, man. I mean, I mean, you know me, like if they, if they booked the Faber Dillashaw fight, I put my house on it and that Faber would win it. You know, we all have our allegiance, utilize the pun, uh, code punch, get 15% off site wide. Yeah. But, uh, Dude, I'm telling you, this is a tough fight, and I think Brad Riddell is it maybe turns the tides for City Kickboxing. But here's the thing, right? So let, let's talk about this because you said that in, in the chat, tended to agree, right? Um, mm-hmm. I saw I saw a comment pop up, said that you're right that Gregor hasn't really fought anybody. But if you look at who Brad's fought, right? If you look at who Riddell's fought, Jamie Malarkey, Magomed Mustaev, and Alex Da Silva. Alex Da Silva is a bona fide young up and comer, a stud, right? Possible contender one day. That's a quality win. That's an absolute quality win. But the flip side of that coin, though, is that I don't necessarily think that you can scoff at Gregor's record or who he's fought in the wins over Vince Pichel, Jordan Rinaldi, and Jason Gonzalez. I would agree with you that if you look at these, though, like right, like Yancey Medeiros, a little bit saltier of a record. Vince Pichel, though, was eleven and one when they fought. So you got an eleven and zero versus an eleven and one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at Jason Gonzalez, you're looking at a nine and zero versus an eleven and three. Andrew Holbrook was an eight and zero versus a twelve and one. He's fighting guys that, while maybe didn't necessarily have the name value, uh, were, yeah. had good records, which is something you can't say because you mentioned his name, Khabib. You can't say about Khabib's early competition. Khabib was fighting a bunch of five hundred fighters until he got to be twenty and zero, and then he then he decided to up it up. You know what? I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna do it. Don't do it, dude. I'm gonna pick another fight. I'm gonna pick another fight. You want to talk about a guy that never fought anybody until the la- the latter half of his career? I'm talking about Khabib Nurmagomedov. <laughs> I'm telling you, he didn't fight anybody, Trey. He didn't fight anybody. His first twenty fights of his career, he didn't fight anybody. I'm just saying it. I'm saying it. Combined opponent record for his first twenty opponents were like thirty five and thirty five. Awful. Awful. Don't start. I don't. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. Not saying Khabib's overrated. I'm not going to say that. I'm just saying he didn't fight anybody. You're talking about guys that didn't fight anybody. Guy didn't fight anybody. Anyway, dude, get me fired up here. We're going to get canceled. I got a, I got a quote, Dumb and Dumber. That one line. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to tell the audience, but do you realize what you've done? Mm-mm. We're fine. This will be completely hidden in the middle, middle of the episode. Nobody's going to see it. All right. Oh, Main event of the evening. I'm just going to go ahead and call it. You want to call it? You want to call it DOA? Let's call it DOA. Dead on arrival? Is that yeah. what? Yeah, we're gonna call it. We're gonna call it. Why are you doing that? Because he's not here. 
Oh, oh, okay. The main event, he's not here. I'm okay. embarrassed, dude. Well, here's the thing, though. This is there a reason why we didn't promote it the whole entire time? Because we, we, knew this, we were trying to put something together last minute, okay? Full disclosure, very last minute guest. We've been in conversation with Kevin Holland's management throughout the day today in a yeah. last-ditch effort to try to get Kevin on the show. Uh, he's in transit right now or was in transit going from Texas to Vegas, trying to get settled in, checked in, all that kind of stuff. So we we were it was never promised. It was always one of those things where it was kind of iffy as to whether or not he was going to be able to hop on. Obviously, don't want to over promise and under deliver. So we kind of just alluded to it. Um, you know, I, again, if you, I don't want you guys to feel misled, but full disclosure we were like in the 70 to 80% range that Kevin was going to come on the show. Dude, I still think he's coming on. Like I might just stay on here for the next hour. I'm not kidding, dude. Like I'm looking at the DMS right now and his management is straight up saying like, you don't have to, you don't have to do this. That is his manager. Well, I know, but I didn't want to say the manager's name. So that oh, we'll just say his manager. Just say his manager. You don't have to air quote him. He is his manager. No, I know, but I'm not going to say his formal name, dude. I'm not like blowing that out. Like, I'm not right. going to say where your address is, especially after that Khabib comment. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Listen, I'm already on their list anyway, but go ahead. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's the point. So we, we, we talked to him. It was supposed we were trying to get it to work, but it is what it is. We'll adapt, overcome. If we don't get him now, we'll get him later. Maybe we'll get him after a big win. Right. Um, so yeah. we'll see what it is. But anyway, let's talk about the main event of the evening. Kevin Holland taking on Derek Brunson. <clears throat> Excuse me. Derek Brunson at a 21 and 7. Kevin Holland at 21 and 5. Boy, this is a banger of a fight, man. Um, I'm excited for it, to be honest with you. Hold on um, a second. Producer Jake, can we get the odds updated? So I can see. There we go. Plus 144, Derek Brunson. <laughs> Kevin Holland at a minus 160. For those of you in the background. Jake is a little under the weather tonight, um, so we're trying, <laughs> we're trying to keep him on the straight and narrow. Um, so appreciate appreciate you, producer Jake, fighting the good fight, man. Thank you. All right. So over on our rounds is at two and a half on a five-round fight, which I absolutely love because Ke uh, Kevin Holland is a finisher, and Derek Brunson also has knockout power, but is prone to being finished as well. So this is going to make for a juicy two and a half. So we'll see what happens there. Trey, I'm going to let you go first here. Just out of the kindness of my heart, because I also want to hear what argument you're formulating here so that I can create a uh, rebuttal, if you will. All right. Well, we talk about padded records. Mm. Um, Derek Brunson has the most padded record on the freaking planet. Whoa. Hot take right off the rip. Okay. Hot take. Just call me hot Hot take Trey, dude. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Copyright infringement. It's coming. Gosh, here we go. With yeah, the what's counter. up, Kate? <laughs> yeah, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, let's look at his last three wins, dude. Okay. Edmonds Shabazian. Okay. That, listen, that was a huge win. We lost our ass on that. We did. We did. But we all we we bought into the hot prospect. I will never ever in my life bet on Edmonds coach um ever again. Right. I mean, that, that camp is the worst camp, I mm. believe, in the United States, 100 mm. percent Ian Heinish. We've seen Ian Heinish just take a total bad turn as of recently. He hasn't mm. had the cardio, he hasn't had the wrestling that he He's always touted. And then Elias Toradio, dude, the guy got cut for being the most freaking boring fighter on the planet. The yeah. most boring fighter on the planet. Kevin yeah, Holland is legit. And I think a lot of people think, okay, Derek Brunson was a guy that used to just freaking run across the cage, absolutely all psycho. In his last three fights, he showed a little bit of composure. You know, and oh, he's got good wrestling. He can, you know, Kevin Holland, that's where his weakness has always been. He's not able to like get back up from the takedown. Kevin Holland's black belt on the ground. 
if, if, if outside of just saying he's a black belt on the ground, Jacare Souza, I'm sorry, but if one of the greatest, uh, you know, black belts in MMA history cannot submit you while you're on the ground and actually gets TKO'd off your back, don't talk to me about wrestling and bringing a guy down. Derek Brunson, Jacare Souza. I know Jacare Souza is on, you know, on the tail end of his career and it's over, but Derek Brunson does not have the wrestling pedigree and or the jiu-jitsu that Jacare has. Kevin Holland knocked a dude off from his back. I think that Kevin Holland's just, you know, he's running it right. I, I, I think this is a step back in competition for him, though. I don't think this is – while it's a big spot for him, it's, he's headlining a card, sure. He needs to go up a little bit more. This is this is not his level. That's an interesting take. I, I initially want to take Kevin Holland, right? I think he's got the speed advantage. I think he'll be accurate, right? Um, and accuracy – Oh, God. What? Sorry, I just saw Jared's comment right there. Holland should have lost to Darren Stewart. Not true. Not true. Dude, Darren Stewart took Holland down in the third round, and that was the only time that Darren Stewart took him down. And by the way, Darren Stewart is the toughest person to knock out. The guy is freaking like – he's one of the toughest dudes out there. You know, Regardless of his talent, you can't put Darren Stewart out. Eric Sorry. Andrews almost had him out. Eric Anders was beating the hell. That fight was over. Herb By illegal stopped, knee. He should have stopped it before the knee. Listen, oh. you're going to get me off topic here. Darren Stewart was knocked. That, that fight could have been stopped before that knee from Eric Anders. That Jared had been. too many Ar- Arnold Palmers at the golf course today. You're absolutely crazy. You're off your rocker. All right. If you look at who Derek Brunson has lost to, right? Derek Brunson has lost to Izzy. He's lost to Jacques Array a handful of times. Anderson Silva, Robert Whitaker. That's it. His only bad loss, as far as I'm concerned, is against Kendall Grove, and that wasn't even in the UFC. Outside of that, the guy has beaten everybody else they put in front of him. He has not lost to anybody that isn't elite-level talent. So what this says to me is that if Kevin Holland – I guess it's hard to say this because I don't want to say Derek Brunson is the litmus test for whether or not you're elite, but Derek Brunson has only lost to elite-level talent. If Kevin Holland beats Derek Brunson on Saturday night, which I'm inclined to believe that he will – um, I really think that, you know, it shows that Kevin Holland has a very high ceiling. However, that being said, if you look at the quality of competition and the big lights, I like getting Derek Brunson at plus money. If we're talking about value plays, I like Derek Brunson at plus money. I don't necessarily think he's going to wrestle um, Kevin Holland. I do believe that he'll implement some sort of mix and match game plan where it'll be a little bit clinch it will be a little bit threat wrestling it will be a little bit dirty boxing but my concern is is that has Derek Brunson faced in his last three fights the quality of competition that allows him to look more composed and allows him to look as if he's making these adjustments to get better when in fact he's still the Derek same Derek Brunson that he has always been the one that is deep down inside of him, a Wreck-It Ralph that wants to run with his chin forward and get knocked out by elite-level strikers. If that's the case, Kevin Holland is the perfect huckleberry when it comes to this, and he's going to knock out Derek Brunson. A lot of this fight is going to be won or lost on the scale and on the face-off at media day. That's what I want to see. I want to see the media day face-off. I want to see them on the scale, and I want to see the post-weigh-in face-off. 
I want to see what these guys have to say. I want to see who's getting the better of these exchanges because I believe that deep down in his heart, Kevin Holland believes he is 100 times better than Derek Brunson. And I also believe that Derek Brunson believes that he is a vet that is going to shut up a young up-and-comer that doesn't know his place and isn't respecting him. Derek Brunson's been around for a long time and has fought the best in the world. Kevin Holland is trying to get what everything really that Derek Brunson has worked for. Derek Brunson appears on the surface level to have been making the, the proper adjustments, but he hasn't really fought anybody to test that. So I'm going to wait on this. My initial leaning is Kevin Holland. The better in me likes Derek Brunson at plus money. I want to see them weigh in. I want to see them face to face first. I, I don't understand that. And by the way, you almost said requisite adjustments. That That's, is your word there. That so. would have been like the fifth time I said it. So I, I really, I, I stopped it. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to get better about that. I'm trying to get better about saying, um, I'm trying to stop my transition noises. Got some stuff in the fire, Trey. You know the stuff I got in the fire. I got to get better than I already am when it comes to speaking. So I'm hey, trying my best here. You gave me my list, dude. I'm not allowed to say the E word that is erosion. I'm not allowed Ooh. to say irregardless. So have not said those this episode. Almost yeah. said irregardless, but did not. Irregardless isn't a word. What? Irregardless is not a word. What? It's it's not a word. No, that's a word, dude. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Uh, chat. Look it up on Ur- Urban Dictionary. Yeah, there, there you go. The, the trusted source of all of all information, Urban Dictionary. Yeah. All right. Well, I I, I mean. This fight, I, I don't understand what you're going to see with the weigh-ins. Kevin Holland, there's a reason that you know they call his nickname is not just Trailblazer. They call him Big Mouth. He's going to get the better of exchanges when it comes to commentary. Um, I, I think that there's something that has to come with Kevin Holland. It's kind of like the quote we put up on Instagram today. He's a guy that believes his own hype. And there's certain people that believe their own hype and it's a detriment to them. There's others that believe their own hype and then actually works as like a value to them. Kevin Holland is a person that's straight up believes his own hype he's out there to make money he straight up said i'm against the grain i want to make that doctor money and that's why we see him as like the angela hills the donald cerrone's he doesn't care but at any time he takes a fight and that's why when i look at a fight like this with Derek brunson do i think this is competitive for him no Hmm. i don't think this is the quality of competition that he needs to rise in the rankings i see it more as a paycheck snatching necks and cash and checks that's what kevin holland's doing in this right here good for him I don't know what his contract is, 50 and 50, 40 and 40. He's going to make eighty dollars to $100,000. He's going to walk out the door. And if he does something like he did to Jacare Souza off his back and gets a performance of the night, good for him, walks one hundred and fifty k to start 2021. Hmm. Let's see. Hold on one second here. Um, we, might, we might get lucky here. We might get lucky. We might get lucky. It might no happen. Way. It might happen. Hold on. Good. I'm going to say you've been talking about Derek Brunson. This That's not, you know, go ahead. You know what? Go ahead. Man. I'm going to do it. I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to do it. I don't care. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Rip the bandaid off. I don't, give a, I don't give a hoot. Do what you need to do. I mean, you know. Sounds like in the DMs right now, it's the link's being sent. We'll see. We'll see. So, Dude, I don't even know what I don't even know what to say to you right now. I agree. Listen, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I just want I, I need a little bit more closure, right? I need to see it. I need to see them face to face more. That's all I need. That's what I need more than anything else. I just need to see them face to face. I need to see who's getting the better of it. That's all. 
That's all I need. So transitioning away from the main event for a quick second. Yeah. Um, if we are waiting in anticipation for a massive guest, yeah, who may or may not show up. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's going to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this real quick. Massive okay. news that came out on the line yesterday. Okay. UFC 261, which you will be on the Anakin Florian show for to break down. Yep. Keep plugging that. I love that. Yep. Um, it's not just a massive event with three title fights on there, sir, but we've got a live crowd. We Jacksonville, do have a live Florida. Jacksonville. Let's go. I, wait, are you saying let's go like as in like the, the pejorative let's go or like the let go? Let's go as in like you're going to come here and we're going to go. No, I meant like hashtag LFG. Dude, my wife, I just got to go to jiu-jitsu. I'm not going to be able to go to a 25,000 filled stadium. Give me a break. You can wear your mask. Oh, and yeah, okay. What? You'll wear your mask. I'm not going to wear my mask. If you're not going to wear your mask, I'll look like just a fucking bitch. I'll wear my mask. Oh, you won't wear your mask, dude. I'll wear my mask. You won't wear your mask. You won't I, wear your mask, dude. I, I will wear my mask. Okay, okay. Yeah, oh, 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 that's what I'm supposed to tell Jess. Okay, cool. Dude, we have to go. We have know, to go. I know, I know. We have to go. All right, so can we talk about a couple things real quick? The yes. shirts went out. Um, I want to put a couple things out about the shirts. One, if you take some sort of creative picture wearing the shirt, um, we're going to do some sort of other, uh, like, sort of tiny shirt buyer-only giveaway. Um, and then we're all, we'll also share all that stuff and give shout-outs to whatever business or whatever you want to shout-out. That doesn't matter. Um, stickers. We ordered a gang of stickers. So if you ordered a shirt, it should have had stickers in there. Put those stickers someplace creative. If you don't have stickers and you would like stickers, right, shoot us a message on Instagram. I've got stickers coming out of my ears. I will mail you some stickers. I want you to stick them someplace creative. Um, Take a picture of it. Share it. Hashtag punchless MMA. Hashtag people's parlay. Whatever you need to do, um, shoot us a message. I will mail you out some stickers. Share them someplace creative. Um, and we can get the word out about the Punchless MMA podcast. Um, whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes to get the word out there. Uh, additionally, additionally, if you are a listener of the show and you weren't able to grab one of the limited edition athlete tees, shame on you. But also, if you see anybody wearing a Punchless MMA shirt, you are legally obligated. It was in the fine print to buy them a beer. You have to buy them a beer. If I see you wearing one of my shirts or one of Trey's shirts or one of Punchless shirts, rather, uh, legally obligated to buy you a beer. So that's, that's really, that's what I had as far as the shirts are concerned. You got anything else? Um, that's really all I have, man. Um, <laughs> we'll just sit here like little kids waiting for the door to ring so we can go on a sleep. This over. is such a weird thing. We go through the main card. Of course, the one night that we choose to not do prelims, which by the way, why don't we do a prelim? Days, Let's just do a prelim, which let me talk about this first quick second for those okay. that are wondering why we're not doing the bottom of the top prelims to the main cart. We decided that we want to bring a little bit more engagement to our Instagram. Mm-hmm. So those that want the full breakdowns and where Dale's thoughts are and my thoughts are in regards to the pre- prelims right after the weigh-ins. Um, I think we're going to either do it that night. night, Friday night, we're going to yeah. break down the prelims, give you our plays. That'll actually give you an opportunity to see where Dale's thoughts is in regards to the face off with uh, Brunson and Holland. I'm not going to be weird. Don't be weird. Um, but yeah, that's that's why we're not doing prelims right now. We will be doing those Friday nights. So make sure you check us out on Punchless MMA um, on Instagram, and we will be live, ready to go. Do you do you want to do a prelim while we talk about this? Let's do a high profile prelim. Sure. High profile prelim that you want to do. So you want to do the featured prelim? It's a fight that we've already broken down before. 
but we can go, we can revisit it again. Macy Shay, Macy Shay Song at six and one, taking on your girl, Marion Renault at nine, six and one here, Trey. It's okay if you don't have the odds there, producer Jake. I've got everything under control. Marion Renault at a plus 170, Macy Chason at a minus 210. Over on our rounds is at two and a half, with the under two and a half coming at a plus 170, which is oh, so juicy. I love that. Um, I liked Macy in this fight the first time it was made about a month and a half ago, and I love her in this fight now. I think she's gonna. I think she beat the hell out of Marion, bro. I, I know you're on Marion Renault. Um, so yeah, go ahead. What do you got? Dude, she lost to Lena Landsberg. I, Lena Landsberg is the queen of elbows. You lost to a woman whose name is the queen of elbows. She, she's the queen of decisions. Oh, my gosh. Okay, go ahead. What else you got? <laughs> no, I just think where you're going to go with someone who's got the Muay Thai and kickboxing background as well as the wisdom in, in a vet status who's mm. coming off some serious, serious losses. Raquel Pennington, you want to talk about freaking quality of competition, Yana Kuzkaya, Kat Singano. Dude, she's fought the bigger, better competition. She's beaten people that are better, like the Sarah McMahons, the freaking uh, – that was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, right. You're running that, – that list is going to run short, but go ahead. Uh, that was pretty much it, but it doesn't matter, dude. When you come off a of Sarah McMahon – win and then you fight quality of competition like she did the reason that she looks like she's on a downtrend is the reason of her resume i mean dude she's fought people that are thicker bigger macy Chazon, put her up against raquel pennington or a cactus gone it's gonna look like a twig versus a freaking walrus dude it, the the size of these women's is you can't even map it this is going to look like a child in comparison to marina marina Dude, I can't say it. I'm sorry. Okay, so first of all, you can map it. It's called weight classes, right? So it's 135 pounds. So, <laughs> so you can map it, right? So we already know <laughs> what we can do. The second side of that is if you can't say her name, you can't honestly tell me that you think she's going to win the fight. And I understand, right? I understand. <laughs> Bro, I, I love you, man. Um, I understand. Can't do this, dude. We, we mapped a one-hour episode. And Kevin Holland is like going to come on. He's not. The wine's kicking in, bro. This is getting bad, I know. Dude. I know. Let's wacko in five minutes. I understand. So you, you're you looking at three losses in a row, right? Raquel Pennington, Yana Kuniskaya, and Kat Zingano. I think that Macy Chason has a good chance of beating. I don't know if she – I don't – you know what – I would be it would be remiss if I said that she could she could beat those. I, that that's wrong. I don't necessarily know that she could beat any of the three of them. Um, probably Kat Zingano would be her best bet, mostly because I'm not sure Kat is good anymore. Um, her style is so weird with the hands down, the low. I, it's very it's a very very strange style that Kat has, um, and she she is a big strong girl. You're absolutely right. So I don't necessarily know that Macy could beat her, but. Uh, I don't know, man. All things considered, you, you're doing MMA math here, and a girl that's nine and six, um, I think Macy can get it done. I really do. I, I, I really, I really think she can. I agree that Marion's probably going to be thicker come fight night, right? But I, I don't know. So let's see here. Sean says that Trey needs some more beer in his diet. Make sure you take two scoops of that gainer and some chocolate bars before bed. Yep. yep. Oh, dude, how about this? Scott Brown, she's on four inches of reach and under forty. Dogs need finishes, man. Okay. Okay. I, I listen, I like Macy in this fight. I really do. I really do. I need you to I need you to put a time limit on this because I you want to sit here 
for um, for an, an extended period of time and wait for Kevin, which is great. And I admire your tenacity. But it is 11.35 p.m. here on, on the East Coast, which is something that you've uh, – with this new showtime that you've, you've talked me into. I've got to work tomorrow, Trey. So what's the deal here, Banana Peel? Are you going to stay on for this guy or what, what's what's going on? You want to talk to the people? Two more minutes. We've Two more minutes. For one minute – or one minute, dude. Wine, bro. Wine, one hour really? five minutes. One glass of wine. You are white girl wasted off one glass of wine. Yeah, yeah. I'm in shape, dude. I'm in shape. Is that what does it? When you have no body fat, you got the metabolism of, of a field mouse, you get drunk really fast? I'm trying to get my tolerances like shitty as possible because okay. I've realized after quarantine that it was so high that if I went to a bar, I'd end up like buying out the bar because I couldn't get drunk. Now, one glass of wine, your boy's in a good spot. I need you to get your tolerance up because when you fly here and we go to Jacksonville for UFC 261, I need you to be able to be, stay conscious till we get to the main event. Mm, mm. Come on, man. I need you to do it. I, okay. I, you right. know, I, we, we need to go. So we, we need to go to a, a live event, right? That's the thing. Um, and here's the thing is I think that this is a great one to go to. I think it's the first one back. I think it'll be monumental. I think the energy will be through the roof. Um, so Oh, I like that. You, uh, oh, <laughs> I like that. I like that message you sent. You are a, you're a mover and a shaker, man. That's, that's I, don't like, a, I don't give a shit. I'll be honest. Like with, with management of fighters and stuff like that, it's like, I know what I want. What I want it, I get it, dude. Wow. I listen, man. I, I will say this. Muscles, bro. I, like you flex your muscles, man. I apologize for throwing out there that Kevin Holm was going to be on. Mm. Uh, it literally looks like he's going to come on any second. Yeah. But he might not. And if he doesn't, we will have him on again. Egg um, on your face. That's super egg on my face, dude. I just. Listen, hold on. We got. To, listen, look at this in the chat. Jared says he'll fly out too and we'll golf. I mean, I and he'll know. wear his mask. Dude, come on. We can, we can get threes company. Dude, he he put in quotes, wear my mask. I'm going to be the only one wearing my mask. Dude, we're all going to wear our mask. Ah, <laughs> uh, Dude, what happens when, when Jess FaceTimes me and I'm not wearing my mask? You'll have my mask to put on. <laughs> you will not have even brought a mask. So it's not I will help. bring a mask. I'll bring it with me. Look, man, this is what we do. We need to do a live event, and we need to have like a punch list MMA get together at the event. Okay. That's what I'm saying. We can all rock our punchless shirts. Dude, it's going to be, it'll be sick. Come on, man. All right. Fly in. This is what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to do one giveaway. You want to do a giveaway right now? Kevin does not show up by the end of this giveaway. We're calling it. You're going to pull the plug on it? I'm pulling the plug. All right, bro. You want me to pull up the wheel? Pull up the wheel, dude. And the pirate music better go on because if Kevin Holland doesn't show up and there's no pirate music, I'm done, dude. I'm done with the fucking show. Okay. All right, so, all right. Give me a second here. If there's I, no pirate music, I'm done. Okay. If there's, if I send it back, I send it back. <laughs> I send it back. All right. Give me a second. Let me find the pirate music first, okay? Because here's the problem: is the last time we did this, I couldn't find the pirate music that w- that we were actually using. So, um, it's like they changed it, right? It, I I don't know where it's at. It was maybe it was dramatic. Let me see if I can find it. Hold on. A quick question, by the way. When you are wearing 
your mask, dude. Okay. You got a sweet design on that mask, or what are you doing? Who me? Yeah, you. I have an Allegiance clothing mask. Oh, shit. I got an. I have two Allegiance masks, oh, bro. I, I'm. I, listen, I'm freedomed out when I go places, bro. I'm as free as somebody can be that's forced to wear a muzzle, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm as free as you can be. I'm as free as a dog on a leash, bro. That's how free I am. That's cool. All right, let's get this. Let's let's share. Let me go ahead and share my screen. Let's go ahead and share this. All right, we're going to do this, and then we're going to share the audio. All right, what are we giving away? What are we going to give away? What do you want to give away? Um, uh, I still have some Athlete Tees 1.0. Okay. If you're a medium or an extra large. So do you want to try that? Let's try that. Okay, so the ultra rare, the world's rarest T-shirt, Athlete 1.0, you want to randomly give away to a listener because Kevin Holland didn't show up. Yes. The shirt that's so rare, I don't even have one that you happen to have in my size, which you said I can't have. You want to give that away? Yeah. I reek of desperation right now. Yeah. This is ridiculous. I don't even have one of these shirts, and you're telling me you have one in my size, and I can't have it. I'm sorry. You're you're what now? I'm an XL. You were a large a week ago. What happened? I'm an amoeba. <laughs> I'm an amoeba. I shapeshift, bro. It happens. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. No, it was cool. <laughs> KOF and Ray. KOF and Ray. Congrats, KOF and Ray. You won a t-shirt that I can't even have. So thank you for that. Yeah. All right, bro. So here we are. We've reached the conclusion, the dramatic climax <laughs> of our show. We, <laughs> we, no. thought, we thought we had it and we didn't. So it is what it is, man. Fuck. What are you going to do, bro? It, it happens. This, this is, dude, this is live entertainment. You can't, you can't adjust, you can't account for these things, man. You can't, ac- ah, you can't account for them. So we're going to yeah, go ahead and wrap it. Show it. I should go, show the message. No, go ahead and send it to him. Say, hey, we, we're, we're ending it. Go ahead and go ahead and send that real quick. Go ahead and wrap that up. Okay. It's wrapped. Did you send? Yeah, I sent it. No, you did not. I didn't. Dude, still you're still gonna sit. <laughs> you're still gonna sit here. I love it, man. Punch yeah. Sam, don't worry. You guys can all go to bed. I will stay up. You're, for you. st- you're gonna stay and make it work, and then we'll edit. We we've never edited a show ever, but we'll figure out a way to edit yeah. that portion out the the ambient space where you ramble on <laughs> with your your drunk wine ramblings. And then ultimately talk to Kevin Holland. This is your chance. This is your moment. I'm going to log off. And this is your moment to, to let your tray wings flap. You always tell me, Dale with Peacock, you got to let me fly. This is your moment. This is what defines you as a podcaster. Your ability to persevere and okay. wait for Kevin Holland and then deliver and execute on an exclusive interview yeah. Four days before he takes center stage in front of millions of people. Yeah. This is You're your right. moment. This is what you've been preparing for for the last two years. This is it, dude. You're right. Okay. I've never been more ready in my entire life than I, I am. Right know, I know you haven't. I love all of you guys, and I will see everybody on uh, on Saturday. I'll see everybody then. Got it. All right. Time Time to make you proud, Dad. Check us out on Punchless MMA. Uh, we're available on all social channels. Uh, we will do the prelims on end of day Friday. See you later, guys.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 